On today's Locked On Texan podcast, we continue the conversation from yesterday surrounding Debo Samuel. With a little bit more factual information, we speak to an NFL draftee hopeful. And for the ending of the show, you know what? Let's keep that a secret. Cody, start Thursday's show off right. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Sports Illustrator's own Cody Davis, and for today's show, I think it's very important, Cody, that we open up with the conversation <laughs> surrounding Debo Samuel. Now, if you listen to Wednesday Locked On Texan podcast, we talked about it a little bit and, you know, the ramifications of bringing in a Debo Samuel, what that would mean for Houston, and, you know, just kind of dive into it. So I would suggest you guys go ahead and check out that show. But, Cody, we got a little bit more facts surrounding uh, the information Rondebo, he has officially requested a trade. Uh, he also, this is not an issue rooted in money for Debo Samuel. Uh, allegedly, otherwise, the issue would be able to get fixed. He does not mm-hmm. want to be play, uh, paid, excuse me, like a gadget player. We know that Debo was utilized in the ring game as well as being a stout receiver this past season. He wants to get paid like a number one receiver. It kind of reminds me of the, uh, the, the couple of years, seasons when Jimmy Graham was being utilized in New Orleans, uh, played a lot of percentage as an outside receiver, and then he wanted to get paid like that. And so, you know, we know that what happened with Jimmy Graham, uh, he was no longer a saint, and from that point of his career, it kind of went down. But for mm. Debo, this is not the issue uh, in terms of money. He just wants that respect and has officially requested a trade, although he has recognized and admitted he may not get traded, he years going into his final year of his rookie contract. He's due to make $4 million. Cody, really quick, I want to say this. Because yesterday we talked about how Houston just gave Brandon Cooks a ton of money, right? And that uh, they, they got that extension done. And maybe this isn't what Houston would want to do, sinking in a lot of money into a receiver like Debo Samuel, who wants to make between uh, 23 and $25 million per year on a team that is set to rebuild when you can use that number 13th overall pick. But, you know, the reality of the situation is the Texans brass right now, which is I think will be made up as Nick Casario, Lovey Smith, and I'm sure Pep Hamilton is also in that mix, could mm-hmm. be discussing – whether or not they want to stretch out a rebuild or actually be competitive. And I'll say this, this gives me vibes of depending on where he goes. But if we're looking at in terms of the Houston Texans, DeAndre Hopkins getting traded to Arizona. Why do I say that? Well, DeAndre Hopkins Mm. wanted a new contract and the Texans were really only limited to certain teams with quarterbacks on rookie deals well, right now, Davis Mills isn't due for a new contract for the next two, three years. And that would help Houston in a sense of bringing in a quarterback, bringing in a wide receiver right now. If your quarterback really 
needs to be evaluated. You want to put everything around him. Debo Samuel, uh, uh, what's his name? Brandon Cooks, who just got his contract extension, and uh, Nico Collins and the offensive weapons that Houston will be able to, to surround Houston uh, Davis Mills with. That may work out, and the rebuild doesn't necessarily have to be a long rebuild. I get where you're coming from, John. And like I mentioned on yesterday, I truly believe the addition of Debo would definitely help the Houston Texans out, especially like I mentioned on yesterday as well, since we've heard the endorsements from Nick Asirio and Lovey Smith, even Pep Hamilton, them fully endorsing Davis Mills. Um, it just gives him a damn good weapon to utilize in a passing game, probably the best weapon to utilize in a passing game. But at the same time, I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it because the Texans, even if they bring in Debo, they still have a lot of holes to fill on their roster. Plus, John, as you just mentioned, Debo came out and said that this issue, why he wants to leave, why he wants to depart out of San Francisco, is not about money. It's because he is tired of being utilized as a wide receiver and as a running back. And I'm looking at that from a standpoint. So not only are you going to have to pay him top dollars, not only are you probably going to lose half of your draft capital that you just stocked up on. And by the way, the NFL draft is less than a week away. And I'm pretty sure if they did have an opportunity to get their hands on Debo, it will require for them to send at least a number 13 overall pick back to San Francisco. But three, most importantly, I kind of feel like that will put the Texans in a hole where they would not be able to utilize Debo's best attribute, which is being a hybrid player on the football field. Yeah, I agree. Uh, when I look at what the Houston Texans can possibly do, I think that they would take the $4 million of his rookie contract this year, so it mm -hmm. wouldn't be too much. But the extension, though, that's what I'm looking at. But the extension would come next year where Houston Texans they have $100 million in cap space as of right now. So the money aspect of the future wouldn't be an issue for this team, right? They were finally able to get off a lot of those bad contracts. Do I think Debo Samuel will be a bad contract? No, not necessarily. Do I think Debo Samuel will be a player that can come in and because there's this conversation that he only would work for the San Francisco 49ers. That's, in that I don't, I don't now, believe that. Let's, let's be real. Oh, <laughs> you believe that? No, no. Like Mike James, you believe, I don't think. Let's be real. A player of his caliber can fit on any offense on all 32 teams in the NFL, right? So kill that noise. Um, but the money will work out for, for Houston, and simply because, yeah, you just get that extension with Brandon Cooks. Larry Tunsil will be on your books. Uh, if you bring in Debo, who else would a big contract? would be on this roster. And I will say this, Houston may need to, just think about it, throwing it out there, maybe the trade for Debo Samuel would help Houston with other players coming to Houston. I, I didn't think about maybe that aspect a, of it. Maybe bring in a marquee player. And listen, we've all, we, we've been on the Davis Mills train for months now. This young man needs the talent around him. But even if it's not Davis Mills, Everybody is alluding to Houston drafting a quarterback next year. Well, you will still have a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. So that wouldn't be an issue. Money won't be the issue. It would be whether or not Houston wants to really commit to a rebuild and stretch it out or become competitive. My next issue, issue with this is how much better do you think Debo will make the Texans overall? Because, yes, 
he's going to affect everything on the offensive side of the ball, but there's nothing he could do on the defensive side. And once again, this is a team with a lot of holes, and a majority of their holes come on the defensive side of the ball, especially with their secondary. Great question. Um, we, You know, that's hard to say. A player on the offensive side of the ball can rally, and I do mean rally, help out the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but – Remember how good the Houston Texans in a lot of these games this past season played in the first half defensively. The issue was they were mm. not able to get off the field. They want to feel a lot. And I just gave you the numbers of when Houston was able to be competitive in terms of scoring and meeting the league average of points per game. Uh, the record didn't necessarily show. However, the offensive outcome showed and, you know, I think Debo can come in and help this team offensively. I trust Lovey Smith and the rest of the coaching staff to improve on the defensive side of the ball. The biggest issue for me last year out of Houston was them being on the field entirely way too much. Celebrates life's special moments with fine jewelry. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Now has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Mark Mother's Day down, right? It's coming up. If you love your mother, mark it down on your calendar. Set your reminder. You can mark it down and then go out there and find your mom or your wife a classic diamond stud earring, an elegant tennis bracelet, or a birthstone pendant and so much more at BlueNow.com. This Mother's Day, give your mom something she will treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNow.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off 500 or more. Use promo code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in a discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. I'm going to keep that secret safe. Shop stress-free. And find your favorite piece. Go to BlueNow.com today. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Next Thursday, April 28th, tune into the Locked On NFL Draft live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft special hosted by Brian Peacock, and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show all week leading up to the very first pick. Welcome back, Locked On Texan fans, listeners, and viewers out there. We let you guys know earlier in the show that we had another NFL draftee hopeful, and this has been the trend of the Locked On Texans podcast the past two weeks. The trend ain't stopping. The trend ain't stopping, so y'all better hop on. We got Rice Owls on Naeem Smith, DB. Play for the Rice Owls past couple of seasons. Welcome to the Locked On Texan podcast. Thanks, John. Thanks, Cody, for having me on. I'm, it's just a pleasure to be here. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> now, you let's jump. Wanna, oh, go oh, ahead, John. <laughs> yeah, so I want to I want to ask you a question. How in the hell did you get to Houston <laughs> to play for the Rice Owls from Iowa City, Iowa? Now I know with football, it takes you through a lot of different twists and turns. In your collegiate career can you just talk about that really quick for us yeah so i guess the journey started in high school and i went to iowa city high school um little hawks and uh there i just really didn't get recruited out of high school i had one d2 offer to minnesota state mankato which is where adam thielen went and um hmm. like a couple of nai offers and 
I, nothing, you know, to hold against like D2 or NAI, great opportunities for sure. But I was just thinking like, I feel like I'm good enough to play at the division one level. So I ended up going to Ellsworth Community College, which is in Iowa Falls, Iowa. It was about two hours away from Iowa City. So pretty close to home and, uh, you know, just thankful for my opportunity there. I really got a second chance. I got to develop, meet a lot of great people there and played two really good seasons and was uh, able to, you know, receive a scholarship offer from Rice University down here in Houston. So just everything worked out like that. Hmm. Now, Naeem, you know, I had an opportunity to look at some film of yours. Also had an opportunity to look at some of your numbers. You just mentioned two full seasons. You recorded 118 total tackles, six interceptions, which is really good given the limited amount of time that you was there at Rice. And I think those numbers will be a hell of a lot better had you had an opportunity to start your career from Rice as a freshman. But with all that being said, um, did you have more D1 offers? And if so, what drew you to Rice University? Yeah, so, you know, just definitely fortunate because obviously stats come um, not just for myself. Like, you know, I got to shout out the coaches knowing to put me in the right places at the right time, teammates and everything like that. They help you be able to get stats like that. But um, the other two Division One offers I had was one was to Old Dominion. And then I had an FCS offer to Northern Iowa, which uh, you, you, you and I, if you guys know that school, so. Um, those were the two other offers I had. Um, what drew me to Rice, obviously, very high academic school. I do take school pretty serious. I'm currently in the Masters of Accounting here. I'm in my second semester of three. So after football, I'll still have one more semester just to finish that up. But um, it was just an opportunity with like a newer coaching staff at the time. And I, I love football. Like it's my passion. I've played it my whole life. So I was like, you know, just being able to play at a school where I thought I was going to get a great opportunity to um, just be able to be myself and just continue to grow and hopefully get a shot at the league. That's what I was thinking. And I'm glad you make, mentioned your academics because I was able to see that you are on the commissioner's honor roll in 2020 and 2021. Uh, got an academic medal. You mentioned how important school is for you. And so with that comes studying, right? And how have you been able to take your studying traits off the field in the classroom and use that to, you know, further your success on the field as well. Yeah, I think actually school and football can sometimes like the studying aspect can go hand in hand because you ultimately create habits and you create you try to look at different tendencies. And that's, you know, how you can be successful in school or on the football field. And that's something i really pride myself in. I definitely try to watch as much film as possible. I love uh, to like, just look, look at film, see myself, see what other guys are doing. And then I also like to talk to my coaches about schemes. So especially my first year at Rice uh, 2019, our defensive coordinator, who was our safeties coach at the time, Brian Smith, I was in his office almost every day because I came in spring ball and every, every practice there was an install. And so it's, it's definitely a lot to take in. And we run, we definitely run a, like an NFL more style defense. I would say we run a lot of plays, a lot of blitzes. Like we show a whole bunch of different fronts. And uh, so it's just definitely a lot to take in at first coming from a Juco where the playbook was a lot more limited, but just overall, like 
I think that that's something that has always helped separate myself from just being able to like uh, get, you know, understand playbooks and different stuff like that. You mentioned Brian Smith, who has some NFL experience. I do want to talk to you about him. How important has Brian Smith, uh, as you mentioned, from safety to D.C., how important has he been with helping you get better uh, at the game of football? And what have you been able to improve under his tutelage? Yeah, um, definitely have to shout out Coach Smith. Um, He came, you know, visited my JUCO. He came there and there was snow on the ground and that made just like a huge impression on me because, you know, not a lot of coaches came to recruit me in person, I would say. So um, from day one, he started as our like my safeties coach when 2019 came. And I honestly think he is the most like knowledgeable football coach about like scheme, everything in that regard that I personally had like. I don't know a football coach that like takes the game more serious than Coach Smith because like that's something he just prides himself on. He wants to win. He wants to have a dominating defensive performance, like he always says. Um, so definitely have to shout him out. I would say some of the big things that he focused on was man to man because you know with the league changing and stuff, uh, stuff you know safeties are now having to play a lot more man. And I was in the position where. I mean, I kind of moved around this last season because of some injuries, but especially my first uh, two years, I was playing a lot more strong safety. And that for us, a lot of people would consider kind of like a nickel. So I would follow too strong and too strong for us would be the slot receiver. So I was guarding a lot of slot receivers, having to, uh, you know, just play five yard catch and just working on my footwork. I think that was something that he tremendously, tremendously helped me on and, I mean, I just think that's something that not all safeties can do is play man-to-man. Can you, know, you talk- a little bit of the coaching jumped out of you really good. It sounded like a coach jumped out of you. <laughs> yeah, uh, also, I do want to shout out because Coach Smith did move to linebackers this last season. So um, we had Coach Spencer and Coach Sauer. Um, they were both like – Coach Spencer is the main safeties coach and then Coach Sauer was under him, and they both did a tremendous job, like, taking the job and I mean they they really helped me too just keeping expanding my game from you know trying to work on tackling technique was just a huge thing because I felt like I understood the playbook really well so it's just the little details especially this last season Hmm. can you talk about the transition that you had to go through from going to a juco college to playing d1 football because um a lot of people really do not get this opportunity that you have to you know start at a juco they move up to d1 and as i just mentioned you know the two full seasons that you played at rice you looked really good was really successful not not too many people can make that transition as easy as it looked like you did yeah it's definitely not easy i would say and What's crazy about Rice is they really didn't take in a lot of JUCO guys, but I have to shout out my buddy Blaze Aldridge, who's uh, just played at Missouri and uh, played linebacker there. And he kind of like created the, you know, the pathway for guys to go to JUCO at Rice um, because they just hadn't taken a lot of JUCO guys in the past. But I would say is just making sure you surround yourself with the right people that really care about football. Like I remember my first semester, I was – like so dedicated um, just to making sure like I learned the playbook. I didn't bring my PS4 down to school. Uh, like I literally didn't, you know, I, I didn't what? have a TV. Yeah. I didn't have a TV. I didn't have a PS4. Like I had nothing. So it was literally books and ball. That was the only thing I could do. Like I, 
I sat sat there like I was like I'm gonna learn this because I, I take football really serious and like this is something I've been chasing my whole life. But just speaking from the JUCO, it definitely you don't get like the nutrition, the like maybe like the best facilities and different things like that. The coaches obviously care for, care about you and they want to push you out, but you know you don't have the same resources as a D1 school. So. I came in my first year, I was probably like 175, 180 pounds max. Like, uh, I think honestly, when I stepped on campus, I was 175 and I'm like 5'9", 5'10". So I was really small when I came to Rice. And my first season, I probably only played at like 182, 185 max. And this last season, I played around 190. So uh, definitely just the nutrition aspect completely changes you. You definitely have more of like a set schedule with D1 and you have to stay on top of your, you know, P's and Q's. I, I believe like you have to treat it like a job. Like you you got a great deal in being able to get a scholarship to a university. So I just want to make sure I made the most of it. And like I, I want to take advantage of this opportunity because I honestly did not think I was ever going to be at this point in my life. First off, kudos that you didn't bring a TV or a PlayStation because John and I, I went know. to Lamar University together. I don't know and, how um, you be, you that, there's now. no way in the world crazy. we could have survived. No bad, <laughs> no 2K, no Call of Duty. I don't know no, this is. Mm, yeah, it, it was definitely tough because, you know, it just, but it is what it is. I was just really dedicated to the weight room at that point in time because I knew that was like one of the bigger things. Like I was like, I have to put weight on or else I'm not going to play. So um, and I'm still, you know, I'm just under undersized safety to begin with. So I wanted to make sure that wasn't something that people would continue to knack on me. Hmm. Um, the NFL draft will start next week. How has this whole process been preparing for the draft and you know, once again, JUCO, D1 to the NFL, do you believe you are entering the league with a chip on your shoulder? And if so, what are some of the aspects that you are going to do to make sure that you prove a lot of people who, you know, doubted you along the way wrong? Yeah, it's kind of surreal because I'm just very grateful for where I'm currently at. Like, I really never think thought I was going to be down in Houston, Texas, playing football for an opportunity to play in the National Football League. Like, it's beyond a blessing. And, like, I've already said, like, I love football. Like, that's something I, I hope you guys can feel through the mic because, like, I'm so passionate about football. But <laughs> Yeah, we, we can uh, see it. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it's just, um, like, the, the whole process, like, I was not recruited in high school, you know, to the way I thought I was. I think I was under-recruited in JUCO, too, honestly. And so I felt like I had another chip on my shoulder, even when I got to Rice. And now, like, we, we kind of talked earlier, like, I haven't talked to any teams personally, too. And I'm not taking that as disrespect because, you know, like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into the whole process. I'm not expecting to be a highly tout, you know, touted guy or anything like that. But, like, it's another chip on my shoulder just to, like, you have to prove yourself at the end of the day. And, like, special teams to me. Like, I, I take pride in special teams, so that's something that I know I'm going to be doing really well in, and that's something that I can hope, hopefully separate myself with because I was I was on hands team. I was on every special teams besides field goal because, you know, you got either O-line or D-line on that. And, I mean, I would do it, but I'm only 190 pounds, so. Hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. Naeem, you know, I had a list of questions that I wanted to ask you, uh, even – 
after the ones we spoke about, right? But I have to be honest, and this is very impromptu. It sounds like to me that the passion that you you know you have when speaking to football, uh, your your academic success, your football success, and understanding the playbook. Is there any aspirations to be a coach one day? Uh, it's definitely some, something that I've thought of. I I really like real estate. That's something that I want to get into, like be a CPA, because I am in the Masters of Accounting. But I, okay. at some point, I do want to be a coach, whether it's just like a life coach or like it's coaching football. Like I do love football and I want to be around it. And I hope my son plays it. Obviously, I'm not going to force him. But I, I, you know, I'm gonna hand him a, a a ball at like you know in the crib or something like that. But uh, it's something it's something that I've uh, thought about. But um, really, I'm not sure because I'm just like so focused right now that I just I want to take advantage of this opportunity. So I have thought about Plan B, obviously, because you always need that in the back pocket just in case. Um, so I'll just continue to kind of think about that. Hmm. Naeem, last question before getting out of here. Like I mentioned, NFL draft starts next week. Your life is going to change for the yeah. better. Um, if an NFL scout runs across Locked On Texans, see your name, hear this interview, love everything that they heard. If there is one pitch that you can make to that NFL scout, what would it be? My pitch is my name is Naeem Smith and I play special teams and I'll do whatever it takes to be a part of the practice squad, roster, whatever you need, I'm accountable. I show up on time. I never had uh, any accountability for missed times or any, or missed times, missed meetings at Rice University. So I'm somebody that's going to be dependable. And uh, just I'm a playmaker, too, at the end of the day. I, I make plays, and that's something that I, I just try to attract, you know, get the ball. Hmm. Yes, sir. Naeem Smith from Rice University. Oh, I see John got another question. <laughs> I know you're from Iowa, Sub North. There's a team in Boston, the New England Patriots. I could definitely see you guys being a perfect match. So, uh, <laughs> and I and I say that because I'm a huge Patriot fan. I know how Bill Belichick works and thinks, and how the franchise. Works. I mean, you're smart. I can see you guys being a perfect tandem. So. Uh, I would love to see that work out for you, man. Go and play for the New England Patriots. Appreciate see. it. I tell Bill Belichick, you know, hey, take a shot, man, because I, I would be honored, honestly. So, but yeah, thank you, thank you for real, though. You, you see how he does? He's hosting Locked On Texans, but making the pitch for the New England Patriots. Like, how does that work? Can you explain that to me? Yeah. I've been trying to figure that out for the longest. <laughs> But Naeem Smith from Rice University. Naeem, really quick, where can our listeners and viewers follow you at on all your social media platforms? Yeah, so I I, I would say the best one is Twitter. It's uh, Naeem Smith under, underscore. And uh, just feel free to follow. I'll follow back most likely. And I'll reach out mm -hmm. to me. I, if you have any questions, I'm I'm an open book. Uh, I'm a pretty chill guy. I, I just love to talk ball or life stuff i i even have a podcast that i run too a so. podcast I just follow yeah. you. <laughs> what's the name of your podcast uh it's called uh the green light real estate podcast but i'm currently in the works of changing it because i just want to be able to talk sports too like football i want to be able to talk about everyday life stuff that i think can enhance people so it's in the works right now to change it so 
You guys be on the lookout for that too. Yes, sir. Naeem, man, thank you so much for your time. John and myself, we are rooting for you, man. We can't wait to see what the future has in store for you, man. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, John. Really appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. What a great interview with Naeem Smith. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs, stats, and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the MLB season. BetOnline is your continuous for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the latest trends and actions. By the way, uh, I think some of you guys may want to get in and place bets on who will be the first two players picked. Uh, those odds are up right now at Bet Online, and I think they are very interesting to say the least. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Be sure to continuously check us out throughout the week as we speak to NFL drafty hopefuls. Now make your second listen locked on NFL Draft with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects at NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, before we close out this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans, John, one week away from the start of the 2022 NFL Draft. And the Houston yes, Texans... Uh, this is coming on, up, Exactly. And the Houston Texans on yesterday had a visit met with Mr. Kyle Hamilton, a guy who was number one on my draft board for an extremely long time. Not going to lie. Amal Sauce Gardner kind of changed that. But, John, um, listeners and viewers, this is why I, I can't wait to see what Nick Casario and the Houston Texans are going to do. By the way, Nick Casario will hold a press conference yes. with Houston Media today at around 1, 2 o'clock. Of course, we will be there. And, of course, we're going to bring you guys some notes and takeaways for tomorrow's show. But, once again, I just – I'm just so excited to see how all of these different possibilities are going to work out because, John, if they could get, let's say, Sauce at three, and even though I think he'd be going by number 13, but Kyle Hamilton at 13, that's going to boost this secondary up tremendously. Tremendously. And, you know, I just really, if I could, man, want to get inside the head of Nick Assyria, of Lovey Smith, mm. of Pep Hamilton, of the franchise right now to see where they rank the need needed positions and compare that to the players right now. I think we haven't talked about this a lot, but I think the Houston Texans are may have the biggest spotlight on them in this draft. Because of the needs, and I'll say this, last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they held the number one pick. It was clear cut they were going to draft a quarterback. And I think teams that traditionally need a quarterback, it's easy. You go get, get a quarterback, right? You go draft your quarterback, and then you live with your results. Cool. But for Houston, 
They do have two picks. This is a team that can right a lot of wrongs. This is a team that has traditionally uh, not fared well in drafting cornerbacks, not fared well in drafting safeties and, and uh, the, the his history of this team. I think that they could possibly come out being the most scrutinized team when it's all said and done after the NFL draft is over, or they could come out and they could possibly be the team where everybody is looking, the Todd McShays, the Mel Kuypers, the Locked On Texans um, uh, NFL draft with, you know, with Ryan Peacock and Matt Williamson. And, and then you look at what Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy are doing. Uh, everybody at 610 Radio, 790, even the ESPN here Locked On Texas, we may come out and say that, wow, they killed this draft. And I think they're under a, a big microscope right now. Because of those two first round picks at three and thirteen, and because of the needs at safety, quarterback, receiver, uh, offensive line, right, a bunch of different edge rushers, which we kind of haven't really talked about that much. <laughs> exactly. So I'm a week away, seven whole nights. Mm, don't start. Wait for you. You know that's my girl right there. <laughs> we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, day one. Thank you guys for checking out today's Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Run those YouTube numbers up. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. I'm John from Sports Guy Hickey. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Fun fact, by the way, John, listeners and viewers, before I let you go, the last time the Houston Texans had the number three overall pick, it resulted in Andre Johnson. Just saying. Can luck strike again for this organization? Who knows? But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, Peace.